This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all our wonderful patrons. You can help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that did make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we're going to be covering Sakuretsu Taiwahen. Probably butchered that. Sorry, Maxi B. Nice. Congratulations. I think you did as good a job as you could have done with that, David. Thanks, buddy. If you'd like to read along with us, be sure to join the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. You can find a link to our Discord in the episode description and on our website, shonenflop.com. And Jordan, holy shit, we're at 450 people in the Discord, which is crazy. Whoa, also, I just realized it was Sakura Tetsu, so never mind. I take it back. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Hi-Fi Cluster, and we are joined by our guest, Courtney, from the Strictly series. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Courtney, please uh, feel free to introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Courtney and I, along with my co-host Carl, host two podcasts. We have Strictly Anime, which is all about anime reviews and discussions, as well as Strictly Jojo, just dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. And both of our podcasts are part of our podcast network called The Strictly Series. And I'm very excited to be here. Oh, well, thank you. And then, Courtney, I think we first found out about you because you filled out the Be a Guest on Shonen Flop application page. So thank you so much for filling that out. And we had a ton of fun being on your show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a good time. Really good discussion. You don't have to lie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, man. But that's awesome. Um, And then, listeners, for the third time in a row, Courtney is going to be telling us about the manga details. So shall we dive in? This manga, Hi-Fi Cluster, is authored by Ipe Goto, and this author has no other works to list. <laughs> That's already a big red flag, I Yeah, say. they literally <laughs> just were like, this is not for me, and just quit, as they should. No. <laughs> yeah. That's so mean of me to say, but let's let we all agree with that. <laughs> it looks like they were an assistant, though, for a couple of individuals. Naoshi Komi, known for double arts and nisekoi. We covered double arts. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and Hideo Shinkai, which is, uh, he's known for Earth Child, Soul Catchers, and Lightwing. Oof, Earth Child, we just covered that one. Oh, God. We're not talking about which of these series is, uh, is worse, honestly. Yeah, but Jordan, actually, this is not the last mention of a canceled manga in this section because... Oh, my God, it wasn't! Who did this author go to school with? And I don't actually know how Maxi B knew this piece of information. So it looks like they went to school with Yu Sakushibata, known for Zipman and Yoakimono, if I said that correctly. Do you know why Zipman is a very important manga to this podcast? I do not. It was the first manga we ever covered. Yeah. Oh, very cool. The entire series was was because I read Zipman, it got canceled. And I was like, I bet there's a lot of really interesting manga to talk about that got canceled. So it holds a very special place in your heart then. Yes, even though I actually dropped it midway through. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that series. I would have dropped Zipman uh, after Hi-Fi Cluster, but we'll get into that. <laughs> oh, well, me too. <laughs> so, though, as we all know, the series was canceled. So, Courtney, how long did it run and for how many chapters? It looks like it ran from September 13th, 2014 to January 26, 2015, with a total of 18 chapters and three volumes. That's pretty damn short. U19 Club! Yeah! Do you know what the U19 Club is, Courtney? Is it under 19 chapters? Yes, and it's named after a manga called U19, which also ran for less than 19 chapters. Wow. (laughs) Which was basically um, Anime Kids Next Door, by the way. Oh, very cool. Under 19 years old. You get it? You get it? (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Oh, and their powers are started by horniness or whatever. I I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Jordan Courtney, show again to the plot summary. Yes. Let's do it. 
So Jordan, though, please take it away with, uh, this was definitely a manga. Barcodes. Barcodes never changes. That was fucking terrible. In 2045, we live in an ability society. God, how many times are we going to say that? <laughs> I almost had that as a six-word summary, but I was like, that's two. That was my six-word summary, and then someone else- They had to, is the thing. I just knew. Just like how we talked about where everyone wanted to call PETA's girlfriend a pedophile, everyone <laughs> has the natural human instinct to say their six-word summary for this series is we live in an ability society. You know what? I think that's a bad sign if that's the immediate reaction everybody has to your manga. But let's keep going with the plot summary. <laughs> People put barcode stickers on their bodies to get abilities and uh, even things out because, you know, some people just have more advantages and stuff. Uh, the stickers were made by a guy named Landscape Mole, and they're stored on a database called the Hi-Fi Cluster title drop. You think that's like an SQL database, David? You think that's um God yeah. JSON? Main character, uh, Peta, which I've talked to Tucker, and it's supposed to basically be pronounced the way that Lois Griffin says Peter. So yeah. Peta can't use them, which defeats the whole fucking point of the ability society to like, even things out, but whatever. Some stickers are hi-fi labels, which have the intelligence of geniuses that it like bestows upon you. Peta is delivering pizza. <laughs> Peta delivering pizza when he runs into Kosaku Kandera, a cop with a robot arm and the hi-fi ability of a famous Japanese swordsman with a really fucking long sword. So he has like a really fucking long police baton and is looking for a hi-fi label black market. Peta's childhood not-girlfriend Nano shows up for this chapter and is basically never relevant again. She doesn't one more time, basically. It's like Duran Duran where the female main character just disappears after two chapters. Completely. Completely disappears. Peta actually works for the barcode black market, and when delivering a hi-fi label, it gets stuck to him. And his boss tries to beat the shit out of him due to lost profits, but Candata shows up and saves him. Candata runs Special Unit 6, which is like a hi-fi cop team, and asks Peta to join. Peta has the hi-fi power of Socrates, who used insight to see through the lies of society, which obviously means Peta can see through walls, which believe it or not, is one of the lesser bullshit stretches in this manga. Peta meets Miri, who is Special Unit 6's deputy chief after Candera, and is the mom of the group because she's the only girl, obviously. And she doesn't matter beyond that, really. Then an asshole named Akuza shows up, and he's got rocket skates, as well as Isaac Newton's famous power over gravity that he had. They beat up some bad guys, I guess. Then Peta shows up. Then Peta meets a sleepy guy named Hecht with the power of a Japanese prince that I had to Google. He's got the power to hear 10 conversations at once. Now, obviously, this means that he has 10 brains, which of course means that he can use 20 rocket-propelled robot hands that punch things. Shut up. What do you mean it doesn't make sense? No, you're stupid. Popcorn David. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jordan. You're welcome. Courtney, I don't know if you know us, but I'm pretty sure Jordan has been pronouncing PETA exactly like how Lois says it in Family Guy. Yeah. I literally said that <laughs> at the beginning. Or PETA, PETA from Fuck. the Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, PETA. <laughs> Peta! Oh man, I love like when it was like sh when back when shitty reaction gifts wasn't dead. How it's like when the waitress asks what kind of bread you want, and it's that clip where she's just going, Peta! <laughs> <laughs> Tucker said that it's apparently actually supposed to be a pun on Peter. I really miss that subreddit though. I, yeah. It was one of my favorites. 
Yeah, unfortunately, every reaction meme just became a shitty reaction yeah. meme. <laughs> just like this, every part of this plot is a shitty plot. Yeah. Well. So let me get it. PETA and the gang talk about the 611 terrorist attack. And yes, really, it's called the 611 terrorist attack. <laughs> Never forget. Where Kondera's friend killed a bunch of people and the cops covered it up. When some people on 4chan said they were going to do a copycat attack, the special unit jumps into action. A random unnamed guy is using intelligence of the Japanese spelling of Lubu from Romance of the Three Kingdoms and Dynasty Warriors fame yes, to throw yes. cars around. And Record of Ragnarok. Yeah. When Noto, the dude who actually did 611, kills the random guy and is helped by the kid who made the stickers, Landscape Mold. What a fucking name for the head terrorism. It's so annoying to type God, out. That was, time. must have been some real shit. Like Tucker said, like this translation, the professional one was really badly done, which showed how little they cared about this series. Yeah. He's way too young, but it's never explained why. Noto and Kandera fight to a standstill, and then the bad guys run away. Oh, yeah. The girl gets stabbed, but she's fine, and it doesn't matter, so I forgot. PETA tries to help a guy getting bullied and even though it's obvious the guy's landscape mole the author acts like it's shocking reveal two pages later next special unit six goes after a transforming car driven by shannon a taxi driver using the power of ludwig van beethoven to drive good which is the most bullshit stretch in the series when they literally this isn't jordan snow but me there's so many famous drivers right there are people that are famous for driving really good why would you need to make this stretch you could have had him have like dale earnhardt's or the guy from ford versus ferrari there's a billion examples you could have pulled from. He's got a little girl in the backseat with the dynamite powers of the Nobel Peace Prize guy. Landscape guy oh. takes the girl and turns on Shannon. Condera saves him because he's a really good guy and Shannon agrees to join the team, driving them to Parliament where Landscape Mole is. Popcorn Courtney. Oh boy. He doesn't like how the Ability Society sold out to corporations, so decides to be a tanky or something. Landscape <laughs> Mole says he's got a twin brother that he wants released. Then, Landscape Mole and Kandida have a really annoying conversation where Kandida lectures him about being a good person because he's just such a good guy. Landscape Mole blows up his robot arm, and it turns out that Kandida can't use labels without his arm, just like Peta. Wow, he's really cool. I wish he was my big brother. He punches Landscape Mole in the face when, even though he he escapes. A few years go by and Peta is graduating when he bumps into a guy who looks exactly like Landscape Mole's secret identity. The guy picks up the phone and calls his brother, meaning that he's the twin brother and that's the resolution to the plot line. I don't know. Peta gets a diploma and his not-girlfriend is in college. It's over. Who cares? Did you notice I never mentioned anyone else in Special Unit 6 after introducing them? It's because they didn't do anything. No. <laughs> I think this is an all-time record of me just deleting character sections. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the entire Special Forces team, there's two characters that are worth any specific discussion. Yeah. The girl shows up once or twice and says some things, but it's mostly exposition. And I guess they didn't give her a power because I guess the author couldn't think of any female geniuses and didn't want to give her a, a man's genius power. Yeah. Whatever. God, the series was so fucking stupid. All right. Anyway, let's get into the characters. Courtney, um, since there's not a lot of meat on these bones, I'll give you the honor of talking about the main character, Pita Jugojo. <laughs> Peter Juggalo. I love how Tucker has written it as Jew dash go dash Joe. So I'm just imagining <laughs> that there's like a Jewish guy named Joe that Tucker was like trying to get to leave. Juju's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Oy vey. <laughs> Instead of yada yada yada. <laughs> Can I start with a question, though, about this main character? I don't understand where his nickname Peta came from. Like, his real name is Peta Jugojo, but he's like, oh, people call me Peta. Did they ever explain why? 
Tucker said, and definitely uh, on the Patreon, you can see his full explanation, but essentially the translation of it is very strange. And the translator made a decision that Tucker really didn't agree with. Mm. So it might be some weird Japanese thing. It's like, how do you get the nickname Jojo for Josuke? Your <laughs> fuck. What's Josuke's last name? Higashikata. Yeah. How do you get Jojo from that name? But apparently it's there's some quirk in Japanese that has it show up. When I talk to Tucker about it, it seems kind of like a William Bill thing where it's like if you were Japanese, it wouldn't be as weird to you, this change. But in the translation, it just really doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think for Josuke, it's like there's an alternate reading to the characters for his last name. So I'm going to assume maybe that's the same thing with Peta here or Heita or whatever the fuck his name is. (laughs) Yeah. Courtney, do you speak any Japanese? I studied a bit in college, so I know like basic stuff. Whoa, that's awesome. (laughs) Don't put me on the spot, please. I get scared when people do that. We should introduce you <laughs> as Japanese translator. <laughs> but yes, Peta is a kid who doesn't have any abilities to use ability labels. And then he suddenly can because of goggles. And he rides a moped and delivers pizza in the beginning of the story. That's like the thing that stands out the most about him to me is that, yeah, he went from having no ability to use any abilities to being able to use all abilities that he ever wants because someone gave him some glasses yeah except he only ever uses one other ability he literally gets his ass beat because he doesn't have any combat abilities which is not true which we literally saw in the first chapter yeah he just has the fucking goggles around his neck like dude what are you doing because the author definitely thought that looked cool he said you can only use three abilities at a time and he only ever uses one i know he spends the entire first chapter explaining how like depressed he is that he's one of the few people in society who can't use ability labels for some reason is granted the ability to do so through some technology and does not take advantage of it at all I'm like okay then why complain in the first place so you see courtney that's a metaphor for the entire summary setting of the series yeah. <laughs> if he was a better writer, that could have been interesting. You could have had pay to be like, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of feels weird to suddenly use it. But he didn't. He didn't. I'm just mad the series didn't make the one low hanging fruit joke that was legitimately funny that the offer didn't use. So Courtney, for context, I made a guess in the Chibi episode. There was going to be a scene where PETA was going to drive a car and someone was going to say, even with abilities, you still fucking suck at driving. And that would have <laughs> actually been a modest chuckle, which would have been the best part of the series. And he was literally in a car. They had it all set up for him to drive and still do a shitty job. Of it, and then they still didn't fucking have him drive a car badly. Yeah, no. that's all I wanted from this series. You know, that was. <laughs> It. That's the only note I had for where it could have gone was to have done this joke that I wrote. Why didn't he talk to you before writing it? Honestly, he should have. He probably would have been better. Oh, God. But anyway, uh, Jordan, why don't you tell us about the Duro protagonist, which that's it. It's a good vocabulary word, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So Kosaku uh, Kandeda or Cossack Candle, as I wrote. Um, yeah, he wears a suit. He, uh, he's got this really cool robot arm. And dude, he's just the coolest dude ever. Oh, man. What a cool guy. Like, no joke. This entire series gave me such Tokyo Shinobi Squad flashbacks. And part of that is because Kosaku is such a Jim Naruto ripoff. Well, Jim Naruto came out after the series. Oh, my God. So it's the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney, are you familiar with Tokyo Shinobi Squad? I am not. Good. <laughs> Good. It's it's terrible. The basic thing is that he's just like really cool and just wants to like save people no matter if uh, no matter what. And David has it written down where it's like he's got real people die if they were killed energy. And yes, he does. They talk about this all the time. You still live as long as you're not dead. Like, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yes. 
And he's got like an extendo baton. I don't have that much to say about him because there's like nothing to his character, unfortunately. Just fucking nothing. God, I wish I was like him. I mean, like, you know, Courtney, this is like what Carl's like, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carl's just giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> Can Carl hear what you're... I know Carl is like monitoring. Is he hearing what you're saying or just he's hearing you talk? Yeah, he's got headphones on. He can hear okay, everything. so he can hear this. <laughs> so he can make all the faces he wants at me. <laughs> okay, hi, Carl. You're great. <laughs> he's <Hey>. waving. <laughs> yeah. I'll say about the third character that I say ask your risk is relevant is Sanyama Mili, who is most notably is a female member of the team and is deputy chief. And that's about it. This character made me realize I'm pretty sure that the author of this definitely refers to women as females. Yes. Yes. But seriously, she doesn't have a power. Why is she on the squad for people who have powers? I don't I, just what the fuck is going on with her? You don't have that many characters in this series. How do you fuck them up this bad? This came out in 2015. Like in 2005, maybe I can understand having the token useless female. We were way past this being an acceptable trope in Shonen Jump. She's like barely a fucking character, dude. What is she doing? I feel like she's more like the secretary of this group. And I think what's most egregious is that they introduce her like a soft introduction in the beginning when Peta joins the, the team for the first time. But then they, at the end of the manga, they're like, oh, by the way, we should give you more background on Midi because we haven't told you anything about her. And they, I'm reading this verbatim. I don't know if this is like just the, the localized translation, but they said that she's become even more of a nagging wife type to Mr. Kondada. I'm like, oh, OK, so she really uh... is just like the secretary with a fancy title and they even write out that she's special unit six's only female like no shit we read the manga we know she's the only female in the group yeah and the only female in this plot because they fucking drop his girlfriend yeah yeah uh, excuse me davis not his girlfriend right god god his uh potential future girlfriend I mentioned it in the chibi, but in the first chapter, like half the dialogue is just people being like, so she's your girlfriend. And Pite is like, but she's not my girlfriend. Like, no joke. That's like most of the dialogue. They laid it on real thick with the whole romance thing that never even came to fruition. Imagine the what if this actually was like the most LGBT friendly manga of all time. And it turns out Pita is gay. And that's why he was so adamant that she's not his girlfriend. And then you just meet like his boyfriend in the second chapter. And it's like a really progressive series. It's still terribly written and you really don't know how to critique it. <laughs> oh, those exist. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, lastly, we have Landscape Mole, who actually would have been a candidate for being Peta's boyfriend. Courtney, why don't you tell us about the big bad guy in the last character? I think that's worth our time discussing. Someone wrote here, I forgot his real name. I also forgot his real name, so no worries there. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the fuck his real name is. They probably dropped it at some point, went right over my head. Um, but yeah, apparently he's the inventor of ability labels in general, but more specifically hi-fi labels. Yeah. And his whole intention with creating them and somehow just discreetly dropping them into society and society adapting them was to make a fair and equal society, but it really didn't change anything. So now he's super fucking salty yeah and he just decides instead that no I'm, i, I want to do this but instead i want to do like the complete opposite right. which is just like just the most boring political critique this guy who wants equality is bad because he obviously doesn't actually want equality and isn't even it isn't even like beneath the level or anything there's no implication there he, he basically just says it and it's like it's just fucking stupid yeah also, like, the timeline is so weird because it sounds like, like, how long have Hi-Fi been a part of society? Because society has completely adapted to a system. It sounds like it's been a part of it for, like, five years. Yeah, something short like that. Like, how long did it take the Internet to become used in everything? That's arguably just as important. Like, 20 years? 
first of all, that is like no time, but like they kind of mention that people are like, weird, how are you this young? High fives were like 10 years ago. And they imply that there's some kind of weird reason he's still young, but they just never tell you why. They just never get to it. The author does not have enough time. It's just nothing. So it's like, it just winds up not making sense. It's just a dropped plot thread. My gut is he was in like a robot body. Yeah, but then is his twin brother in a robot body too? Yes, obviously, Jordan, come on. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You got a point there. Oh, yeah, and he has a twin, which we haven't even talked about, who's in jail. Yeah, his twin's in jail for some reason, and then he gets him out, but they don't even, like, show us at all that twin brother escaping, but then you see him at the very end. I guess that's the soft confirmation that he got out of jail. And I just love how, like, in, like, the second to last chapter, he gets, he's literally, like, five feet away from everyone, and then the author didn't even explain. He just teleports away. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just gone. He takes out a phone and calls Landscape Mall. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why is he still free? I don't know. What the fuck happened? It's just dumb. God. Ugh. Yeah, so why don't we use that as an excuse to get into why it failed, where we can really just beat the shit out of this series. Yes. So, Jordan, though, um, take it away. Yeah, I can't think of a good segue. Just, yeah, just start. Nah. This is going to be the equivalent of the fax machine scene from Office Space. I'm going to use the hi-fi cluster memory of a guy who reviews things. But anyway. The Ropert. <laughs> the Ebert and Rope. The power of Roger <laughs> Ebert in my hi-fi cluster. The Roger Ebert hi-fi. <laughs> yeah, and it's spelled R-G-R-E, like, B-R-T or something. Like, anyway, so one of the biggest issues in this in this series is this really is one of the biggest examples of telling and not showing in terms of dialogue I've ever seen. Like, the entire thing just feels like a summary. Like, they introduce, I'll give you an example, Ikuza. We barely talk about him because he doesn't matter. He shows up. It's so funny because he's like this weird dude with like um rocket skates and shit and they're like whoa believe it or not this guy's part of our team and it's like dude i knew the second i saw him that he was part of your team there is not a single part of me that has ever doubted that but the thing is he shows up and he's like kind of a dick and then pite is just like man he's an asshole but you know what i think you actually care about the people on this team and believe it or not he's a good person wow and it's like you didn't actually show him being a good person you had no implication there like vegeta clearly likes goku based on how he acts but he hates it i mean vegeta is the number one tsundere of shonen battle manga exactly but there's never a point in dragon ball where somebody goes up to vegeta and goes like Vegeta, you actually really like Goku. He's actually like your best friend, isn't he? Are you actually like a really good guy? Like you might find like one or two sections where someone implies something like that, but I don't think it happens like outright. Whereas yeah. it happens like immediately when he shows up. Just like, no, I don't care if you think that he's an asshole. Let me tell you this. There's another section that blew my fucking mind where Kandera is talking about Noto, who's the bad guy, and, and he's saying something about him and he's saying it in kind of like a jokey way but like he's drawn like he's clearly sad like it's clear what's happening he has like complex emotions about it and then Pite is just like man he's saying this all jokey but really you can tell he's upset I'm like dude I get it I immediately got it you just completely stepped all over it what the fuck right? you had a setup and then you just ruined it 
I mean, that's the thing is like, I actually think this is not the worst setting for a manga. Like this is literally the same plot as Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk, you know, Edge Runner is super fucking good, which is my recommendation. So spoiler alert. So because that's the thing, this is a fun, interesting idea where there's a ton of adaptions to show how your unique power mechanic can be used outside of fighting, which is very hard to do in a lot of Shonen series. And then the series just doesn't actually care that it can do that because it just wants to be about Shonen fighting for no reason. It does not use its setting. Like, why the fuck are they barcodes? I don't That's know. That's a really good question. <laughs> they don't get scanned. No, they don't. They're just stickers. Courtney, what did you think? What were some things that upset you about this? To echo Jordan, because I felt the characters were so shallow and extremely tropey. Like, they were just checking off the boxes. So you have the wimpy shonen protagonist, the cool mentor figure who can do it all, the tsundere member who acts like he doesn't care, but he does, the sleepy member of the group who only, you know, he's only useful when he's motivated, the faux-turned-friend taxi driver, and the useless female. Just love how in your description sounds like being a taxi driver is part of the stereotype. <laughs> Where it's like, oh yeah, Vegito was a space taxi driver before he joined the good guy. <laughs> oh, Dan DeVito is just showing up in the next manga series. <laughs> I mean, really, there wasn't probably any time to do any development or backstory yeah. or anything like that, but they didn't even try. And I think a key sign of like just not even trying is towards the end of the manga. I think Peta's like narrating and he says like, you know, we have all this thanks to Mr. Condita. He saved us. But they make it sound so profound. Like he, you know, saved them from a life of like horror and misery when really like he just helped you not get beat up by a bunch of gang members. So if you're going to make something sound so profound, maybe give us something to back it up with. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, I like to think they saved me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Shannon, by the way, I didn't realize Shannon and like the what's his, the sword guy's like best friend were different characters because they look exactly the same, except for the fact that Shannon wears a hat. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> I was like, this character, Shannon has a lot of depth. And then he showed up and I was like, oh, fuck. Right. Those are two separate characters that are just both badly written. <laughs> yeah. It might have been interesting if it was like. There's a character with a second dimension to them. Huh. <laughs> Jordan's not even asking for three-dimensional characters. He's just like, Oh, give me two. Just give me a Y-axis and it's better <laughs> than anything else. Yes. Legitimately. Oh, my yeah. God. Also, did you notice that uh, the sleepy guy, all of his powers, and th the author does this all the time, where it's like, if he can't think of a power, he will just have a character, when they slap on a label, have a random style of kung fu. Yeah. And just have them punch or sometimes even fire a gun yep <laughs> like when he had his hands he used 10 different fighting styles and they all attacked exactly the same way yeah like what was the point just put punch on all of them I mean, these powers don't make sense because as we talked about, the way the high fight cluster, at least from my understanding, is essentially it just cheats the muscle memory and the experience, but it doesn't change your body composition. And as far as I'm aware, there's no supernatural elements to this series. So how are people able to do things like x-ray vision and stick to walls? using these abilities like the series just isn't even consistent with its own rules yeah there's absolutely no biological explanation about how these abilities take effect like we mentioned you just slap a label on with a barcode but the barcode never gets scanned i cannot put two and two together here because there was literally no attempt to explain how this actually works yeah 
like if you want to actually look at how what's happening i mentioned this on the chibi but it, it they work like shaman king yeah things but the thing about shaman king is that the ghosts aren't just powers they're also characters and like it would have been one thing like what if when he used uh socrates's label socrates like appeared and had like a personality and had like insights to give like that would have at least been something you know yeah still could have been awful but it would have been something Something. These characters are just so shallow. And also, this is going to sound weird, but everything in this manga serves a plot purpose, which I know sounds weird. But if you think about it, like, like, Courtney, you said you're you're not very experienced in Chainsaw Man, right? No, not yet. So one of the things that makes Chainsaw Man go from good to probably one of the best series is that it understands the importance of downtime. It understands that not everything has to instantly be plot relevant. Like I would take, for instance, or like another example, are you well versed in One Piece? Um, no, not yet. <laughs> Fucking kill me. All right. Anyway, so, I mean, that's just the general concept of it is the idea is downtime. You want to see how do these characters act when they're just getting to be themselves? What do they do recreationally? Because it makes the characters have more depth and it makes it feel like these are real people living a life that's not dependent on the nature of the plot, which the series does not do. Every single thing has to instantly be relevant to the plot to be shown on screen. Because here's the thing, there's two things this thing should be. They should either tell you, like, drive the plot, or they should, yeah, drive the characters. Because the characters kind of are the plot in a lot of ways. If Like, you have to have something. I don't know who these people are. Well, I know what I'm, like, Peta basically tells me every time how I'm supposed to feel about these characters and what I'm supposed to think. But he doesn't actually make me feel that way. Like, it just feels so, so obvious that it feels like insulting and I don't care, you know? Like, show me them being nice. This is like the room. Everybody says, oh, Johnny's such a nice guy while he's being an asshole to everybody. You know? Right? Oh, God. Yeah. And that's for me, like the biggest way for for myself, probably for a lot of people to get emotionally invested in a story and the characters in what's going on. And if I'm not emotionally invested, I just don't care. Yeah. No. Also, uh, the art is bad in an interesting way yeah. because when you just kind of look past through it, when you just kind of skim it, it looks fine. But then you like take a second and you actually look at the individual drawings and you realize, oh, these look like shit. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Why are they drawn like that way? There's like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing is like just panel to panel, the sequential way in which these stories are like told is very difficult to follow. Yeah. It's hard to figure out what happens next. But yeah, so now David can tell us why he loves the series. Yeah, so I was actually going to say, I think the paneling isn't that bad. So I can tell you what's happening next in this recording is we're going to get into the positives. I'm trying to think of some good positives. I mean, I do like the fact that it does definitely tell more than it shows, but at least it's not super heavy in dialogue. Like, Courtney, we just read Witch Watch, which was insanely dialogue heavy, but the quality of it was so good we didn't even care. It took us like, what, 25, 30 minutes to read this entire series. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So my issue is that at first when I start reading something, I try and like focus on it. But then eventually when I realize that a series just sucks and has no depth to it, then I start reading really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought that Shannon, I actually think, is the best character in the series. Yeah. Like, I loved when they were doing the car chase and Shannon is just actively thinking about the repair cost to his car as he's getting shot at. <laughs> and after he finishes the job, he's like, well, they paid me. I don't give a shit anymore. And they just joins the good guys. Because he's the only one where Peta isn't just like, oh, he's such a great guy. Oh, he's yeah. amazing. Wow. Look how much of a good guy he secretly is as he's an asshole. Wow, I love him. Like, he doesn't do that at all for that character. And that's why he winds up being, like, more interesting. He has a second dimension. Yes. <laughs> 
And then how about you, Courtney? Um, what were some positives that you enjoyed about the series? So I do want to also comment on the paneling. I'm not an experienced manga reader, but of the manga I have read, this one was decently easy to follow in terms of like visuals right? for what was actually happening in a, a specific moment. I agree like from moment to moment or like big plot line to big plot line, it was kind of weird. Like it just suddenly changed, but it was clean enough and and pretty clearly depicting what was happening that even someone like myself could could follow along. Oh, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> I agree, though. I mean, Jordan shits on the paneling. I think the paneling was competent, which is way above a lot of things we've read. Uh, again, if you take a step back and you look at it from a distance, I think it looks all right. But there were a lot of times where I was just like, how do you get there? What the fuck's happening? That just happened here. Why are we here? What's going on? I don't know. Like, it looks all right, I guess. I don't know. But if you guys didn't have that problem, then I guess it's just me. Maybe yeah. I just read it so fast that it all absorbed at once. And I was able to to somewhat follow it. Yeah, I wasn't reading this with a magnifying glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also really appreciated that I think towards the end of the manga when Peta was defending that that classmate who turns out to be Landscape Mole um, later on from the school bullies that when he tried to save him, he didn't suddenly get the full shonen protagonist treatment and have like all of these combat abilities and become a skilled fighter because I was kind of anticipating that happening. Like, here we go. He's suddenly going to win. Bravery is going to take over. He's going to beat all these guys up. But he got his ass kicked. I'm like, OK thank you that's pretty realistic the series has set it up that shouldn't have happened because he literally demonstrated combat abilities in yeah. the first chapter yeah high five mike tyson and then beat their ass like i get where you're coming from with that but i actually disagree because that would have actually been an example of maybe peta growing like some kind of level of character development like oh he can do this he couldn't do that before but no he's he's like the exact same he hasn't changed i don't see any kind of progression here yeah and it's not like he got his ass beat in purpose like how luffy did that in uh fucking um what's the arc before skypea gyra yeah where luffy like just lets his ass get beat to show that he's better than them and he doesn't need to even fight back to win. You do bring up a good point because I am now recalling that I think at that point in the manga, he had his goggles with those three slots to use ability labels. Why right? does he not have combat labels ready to go? If you look at that panel, he's got them <laughs> underneath his face. They are right there. But we need to stay positive. This is a positive session. <laughs> it's so hard to with this series. I'm sorry. I do have one bit of positive character development, which I believe is Condita having a, a nice lush goatee after the two year time skip. Oh, I think perfect. that's his greatest <laughs> bit of character development. Unironically, yes. It legitimately is the best piece of character development. <laughs> Do you guys remember how that one character shows up throwing things around and you're like, oh, this guy's going to be part of like um, some kind of secret underground. He's not. He's just killed. And so he doesn't we don't even learn his name and shit like it doesn't. Oh, whatever. There's a lot of wasted potential in this series, which I think is a good segue into where it could have gone. So, Jordan, though, really just like on that note of wasted potential, what would you say is something you really would have liked to have seen this series done differently to have maybe not been a failure? First of all, oh, God, he's got a list. Maybe just get Pida fucking out of there. He is such an audience insert. And as an audience insert, he exists to tell the reader how they're supposed to feel. I don't need this. I really don't. Start it with Condera forming the squad. Do that. Because that seems to be like the most interesting thing. Whenever whenever a new character gets introduced, Kandera is just like, oh, man, it was really interesting how I got him to join our group. Oh, let me tell you something. It was so crazy. And it's like, well, then why am I? 
I not reading that? Why right? am I reading this lame ass story? Yeah. The other one is make them treat Pida like shit. Make Condit a, a dick. Make it like. But everyone's so cool and nice, Jordan. You can't be mean and be a cop. That's illegal. Yeah, he's just like, oh man, it's all right, Pida. You know, you can join this or not. It's not a big deal. Do whatever you're comfortable with. No, it would be so much more interesting if he forced Pida to join. Because then what would happen is we would learn that despite the fact, because like, you know what it is? It's like Goto from uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, who like yeah. is actively like threatening Itadori the whole time, basically. But they get along so well. You're like, oh, he's a nice guy. And he really cares about Itadori, even though he's, doing a shitty thing to him. Like, that's interesting. That is so much more interesting than anything that happens in the series. So conceptually, this is really cool. Like the idea is super, super cool. I was intrigued when you guys first, you know, pitched Hi-Fi Cluster for the discussion. I'm like, OK, let's do it. But the execution is is just very poor. It's almost like, and this is probably like not great advice, but they could almost keep this exact idea. Just do it better. Kind yeah. of things that we've talked about already. <laughs> Just do it better. Yeah, just just make it better, you know? <laughs> I know what Courtney means. This is good. This has a good foundation. No, I'm, jo I'm joking. I know what you mean. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make fun of you. I agree. Jordan, you fucking asshole making fun of our guests. Courtney, <laughs> please continue. You can ignore Jordan. He doesn't matter. <laughs> Some of the easy wins could have been, again, like a semi-logical way that they explain the ability labels, like how they work, how they impacted society when they were introduced, things like that. Again, like give us reason to care about these members. Um, as you mentioned, Jordan, like give us some backstory. Give us some some reason to get invested. And also give Miri a hi-fi ability, please. Like, why does she not yes. have one? <laughs> And then also build out the villain because they emphasized for a whole section of, of this manga, they made a big deal out of Kandara's, you know, his prosthetic arm, his past with the, the big villain. The villain like suddenly slaughtered a bunch of people, caught off some dudes like arm and leg, like, all this violence associated with this villain. And then he just goes away. Like it, you could have made something really cool out of that, but they just didn't. You could say that about a lot of aspects of this manga. Right. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is I actually thought the series was going to go full stealth symphony, which Jordan knows exactly. What I mean, when the guy shows up and cuts the guy's arm off. Yeah. Where I thought the series was like first seven chapters, all dumb, generic bullshit just to catch you off guard. And the series goes Cocoa Town bananas for the remainder of the series. I was so excited. I was like, this series knows it's dumb, knows it's got two dimensional characters. Fuck it. Let's kill them all and just get exciting, you know, and then did. And then yeah. it was like, now nah, let's go back to being normal shonen, you know, and I was like, God damn it. You were almost had me interested in this series for like six pages. Yeah, like there's a moment where he stabs Miri and then the next sentence they're like, ah, oh, she's fine. She missed everything. No, fuck it. Have, like, have her die. Do something. I There's never a point in this series where I ever feel like the characters are in any danger. Yeah. Not even yeah. remotely. Non-lethally deflecting bullets told you exactly what the tone of this series was. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It would have been like, wow, you killed your only female character, but still it would have been like, you killed a character. To bring up the driving, I think having a chapter that's just Shannon teaching the main character how to drive, like that really infamous Dragon Ball Z filler episode, yeah, would have just been, I, I really would have liked that because it also would have been, let's show the characters doing something that's not about dealing with bad guys. That would have been the quintessential, we can explain how the power system works. We can show, literally showing us what is driving like in the future and how Hi-Fi has changed the nature of driving could have actually given you a lot of really interesting background that in one chapter solved a ton of the things that I really wanted out of the series. Like I said, I agree with Courtney, this series has a good foundation. Cyberpunk is very rare in Shonen Jump. The other one is a Nazi manga. So this could have been the not racist cyberpunk manga that Shonen Jump has had. 
To go along with that, what if uh, what if Shannon also loved playing piano? Then it would have been like, oh, okay, I see why you have the Beethoven thing, because getting Beethoven to be good at driving makes no fucking sense. But if you got Beethoven to play piano or whatever, and then discovered it helped you driving, I would accept that a lot more. Yeah, that was a pretty big stretch. I mean, it would have been cool if they only had one like historical figure and then they had to learn more about it to find out other ways to use their powers. It's like a devil fruit. Yeah. Where you only get one skill set. But that, yeah, he's like, I had a piano power, but I realized blah, blah, blah. Maybe the logic needed to be stronger, but it's not a bad idea to be like, because they could do this, we can apply it to a situation that they never encountered. But it's a transferable skill set, which is a really interesting place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like with the the whole historical figure concept, like it it just felt so out of place because they were making it seem like these high five abilities were derived from these geniuses in history, but they were more inspired by them and loosely inspired by them. Like the Beethoven one, I think was like spatial awareness is why he can drive so well. Like that's really, really stretching it. So it's to the point where you could almost remove the historical figure piece from the equation and it would change nothing about the story. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, And again, they don't even explain how did they get these powers. Some of the people they mention aren't even potentially real people. Yeah. Like Lu Bu or um, how the fuck did they get Socrates's brain? Yeah. How'd they do that? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that he would have just become dust at this point. But go ahead, I guess. You know where he is. All right. But anyway, uh, in the interest of time, why don't we go to miscellaneous thoughts? Yeah. Where I know, Courtney, you've said you've got some miscellaneous thoughts that you're very excited about. So I have lots of questions um, about the hi-fi labels, but really, I I think that they're pretty impractical. What do you do? So you need to you need to do an activation gesture, right, to activate your hi-fi power. What happens if you can't do that gesture? Are you just shit out of luck at that point? Because there's that one part in the manga where I think Kandara and Peta are on like a a motorcycle or something, and he has to have Peta reach from behind him, hold the handlebars just so he can gesture like he's going to take his sword out so his hi-fi ability activates. I just think that is like one of the most impractical things that they never touch on. They don't make it seem impractical, but really it's impractical. I think that answers your question. Yeah, they literally have to do that pose if they want to use their power. Except I would like to point out that in the first chapter, PETA, they say that PETA like activates his power because one of his eyes is swollen, which means that he didn't do the gesture to activate it. He just happened to not be able to see out of one eye in that perfect moment. (laughs) He sees the unseen, Jordan. So he could, this whole time, he could have just closed one eye. Yeah, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Yeah. I have another one. Why isn't everybody just rocking like 20 ability labels at all times? Well, they did say there's like a mental limit. They give him like um, the glasses and they're like, oh, you can only have three. And I'm like, so how many would he be able to have if he could just had a bunch? You know, that's a really good question. And maybe if there's a mental load, you could do something about that. Like, do the ability labels drive you crazy? Do the ability labels fuck with your head? I didn't see that. They just said it again. Yeah. You know, Uh... I also feel like if these ability labels, like if yours was stolen or lost or broken or something, does that mean you can no longer cook or drive or like take a dump <laughs> until you find a new label? They use ability labels for things that you shouldn't need to like, you don't need an ability label to shoot a gun or hold like grapple someone that's a foot shorter than you. I have the genius power of Thomas Crapper. <laughs> I can take a shit <laughs> yeah, whenever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> 
Also, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? The 611 massacre? Really? Yeah. No one in the editorial <laughs> department was like, this is a terrible idea. I don't think for a second that you try and say Japanese people didn't know about 911. It's nine flipped upside down, David. Like, yeah. really, was it that hard to call it the 612 massacre? And then no one really would have thought about it. They're all like, oh, who did 611? And I'm just like, well, it's George W. Bush. I don't know why you guys are all like yeah. really confused over this. Like, Jeff, you can't melt hi-fi clusters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have the hi-fi cluster of Alex Jones. God, <laughs> the clusters are turning the frogs gay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That might have been interesting. What if you put on a hi-fi cluster and it starts to take over your mind and turn you into the person that like the personality of the hi-fi cluster that you have, you know, like, oh, God, I, I don't know. So much potential this author just didn't realize he had. Also, just Shannon should have died when he got pushed through a concrete wall. Yeah, I agree. Did you notice that he's completely fine, despite should have probably destroyed all of his internal organs in that accident? Yeah. Also, oh my God, the little girl has Alfred Nobel's dynamite ability. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Again, they don't even explain how these abilities work because it's just a mental augmentation. Does her ability get activated when she cries? Because kids cry all the time for any reason. That's really dangerous. Well, she was apparently very dangerous. I will give them that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also think the dialogue in this whole manga is super cringe at times. Like in the opening fight in the first uh, chapter, I think at one point there's a bad guy who's about to punch Peta or something and says, time to go Betty bye. And I was like, great. I know what kind of manga I'm getting myself into. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then just some final things before we go into our final verdicts. Maxi B has some wonderful notes along with Tucker saying the series that replaced was Illegal Rare and the series that replaced it was Kagami Gami, which both of which I believe Illegal Rare hasn't been fully translated but it is on our list of series we wish we could translate. And then Kagami, I actually don't know anything about. What a name. Illegal Rare. Wow. Yeah. That's like, David, remember when we were coming up with like Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, expansions. You came up with the best one I've ever heard, which is Final Deep. Makes sense at first glance. Because, Courtney, you're like, Final <laughs> Deep, that makes sense. And then when you think about it, you're like, wait, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Illegal Rare it sounds like to me. Right? That's true. I mean, it's one of those things where only someone who doesn't speak English would come up with that name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to say this verbatim because I'm not quite sure what Maxi B means, but it's just the blood blockade battlefront your mom tells you she's got at home. And yes, Maxi B is British, and that's why they wrote mom instead of mom like a proper American would. Is that like a Warhammer thing? I don't know. Hopefully Maxi B can explain it at some point. <laughs> um, and then just to recap, as Tucker said, there are a bunch of weird translations. For instance, the most notable being they called it Ryu Fu instead of Lu Bu, which is the most common translation. And I honestly do not know why the translator would not use what 99% of people use as the translation for that historical figure's name. Okay, it gets worse because when I Googled this, it took me a while to figure out who it was because even though Ryo, Ryo Fu is a translation, that's not even how it's like spelled. It's like Ryo Fu, like that's just the first part of his name. Like Ryo Fu is like one word and then he's got a last name. Well, I guess the first name because it's Japanese, but whatever. I mean, obviously the translator knew the series was a piece of shit and he just phoned it in. I respect the translator not wanting to waste his time on this. Imagine we find out the translator was Stephen Paul and he's like, yeah, I just, just didn't want to talk. So St Stephen Paul, for reference, Courtney, he's a friend of the show. He is the official translator of One Piece among other series. And he's like the best of the best. He's like he has to translate like comedy series, which, you know, is not easy to do. Yeah, that's tough. Oh, my God. 
But anyway, let's get into the final verdict. <laughs> so I'll kick things off by reading the six word summaries from the community from Tucker. Power system unfit for major labels. Maxi B likes scanning a faulty barcode repeatedly. The laughing fool, a ghost in the sellout. <laughs> That's actually a really guy like nice, that. Nice, nice. <laughs> Loser, we live in an ability society, which he got it in. He was the first one who got it. You got to give him respect. Well, I said that in our group chat, but first time that someone has fought of the exact same six word summary as me. So I had to make a new one. So loser i have the timestamp showing i thought of it first but it's fine i'll let you have it yeah but i also thought of it so yeah it's like you know how everything evolves into a crab yeah yeah everyone thinks we live in an ability society as their six word summary everyone evolves into the joker Yes. <laughs> From T. Wolfwood, Dolphin Cop, but with flame barcodes. King Q, Sci-Fi Dumpster Fire, put to page. Dude Rocks, ironically, its barcodes won't be scanned. Riley nice. of Pi, anime cops and barcodes are bad. And Beast of Burden, Welcome to Detroit, become bad too. Which, that one actually had a real, a lot of people reacted, so I guess that was everyone's favorite from this batch from the community. <laughs> and then, Courtney, what was yours? Mine is, feels more like a lo-fi disaster. Nice! <laughs> Lo-fi, <laughs> lo-fi clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, by the way, Courtney, for reference, our cover art is going to be Hi-Fi Beats. Nice. <laughs> so it's the main character sitting like the Lo-Fi Beats girl. Jordan, how about you? Hungry Shinobi Joker Squad in Tokyo, because this this reminded me of Tokyo Shinobi Squad and Hungry Joker, which, Courtney, if you're not familiar with that, and you shouldn't be because that series is terrible, Hungry <laughs> Joker by the guy who did Black Clover. It is a series where, like, the main character has the apple that fell on Isaac Newton, and it gives him gravity powers. Yes, but literal gravity powers. Like, it, that series is actual magic. Yeah, that series is terrible, but legitimately better than this one. Yes. <laughs> of fame, Jordan said Heidi, the main character, is the person who would least want to have be their roommate out of the Shonen Flop protagonist. Yeah. And then mine. So originally I was going to say a power system they fixed in post because it kind of felt like he wrote the plot and then he had to come up with a power system and just inserted it into the plot. But but you didn't fix it. Yeah. My new one, though, is it's the future, a.k.a. Cyberpunk 2070 sucks. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I really that was actually a struggle to make that six words. So I was very proud of the final product yeah jordan we're gonna have to keep these in mind for the floppies our best six word summaries oh yeah all right so finally the final question for all of us does anyone not think this series is a flop i think it's a certified flop i would agree this is definitely going to be a bottom tier series what did you what do you think courtney yeah i have to agree it was pretty fucking bad yeah yeah <laughs> so then courtney what would you suggest someone check out instead of reading this piece of shit series so I know that Cyberpunk's been thrown out there. I have to agree. And we actually just reviewed it on Strictly Anime. Cyberpunk Edgerunners was like so good. Not a one for one for this manga, but a much better take on like abilities and futuristic things. I would also say My Hero Academia. Interesting. Better than this. I would say the basis of that is the same because you have a, a shonen protagonist who is without whatever society has at that time. In case of My Hero, it's a quirk. Mm -hmm. He ends up getting that and then he figures out like, what do I do next? I think they they take that concept and run with it much better than Hi-Fi Cluster. But if you're into that kind of thing, My Hero could be a good option. Yeah. How about you, Jordan? Uh, this might be a weird one. Batman Beyond. Oh, dude, that's oh, a great Oh, very good. It. Yeah, if you're not familiar with it, it was a really kick-ass uh, Batman update that came out late 90s, early 2000s, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, it's Batman in the future. It's just like an actually good series. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's by Tim Bat. Or uh, not Tim Bat. Tim uh, Bruce Bat. Tim. It's by Bruce Tim. <laughs> Bruce so Tim. you know it's good. So it did spawn a really good meme recently. So this green guy goes, who are you? And Batman goes, you killed my father. And he goes, do you have the slightest idea how little that narrows it down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> is that blight? Is that is you doing? Yeah, I, don't I know, think so. Yeah, yeah blight. That's yeah. great. Is he is he the skull guy? Yeah, he is. Yeah, blight. <laughs> oh man, shit. Maybe I'll rewatch Batman Beyond. I kind of do too. So I personally want to recommend, I think we all wanted to do cyberpunk um, as a recommendation, but I will recommend a different cyberpunk manga, kind of, where I think everyone should go read Bart Kira, which is the <laughs> yeah. greatest fan project. Courtney, are you familiar with Bart Kira? No, I'm not. So it is, what if Akira recasted every character with Simpsons characters? What the hell? <laughs> and it's amazing. And they rewrit, they redid the entire manga, redrawn with Simpsons characters. That's really cool. And like every page is by a different artist. Yeah. It's awesome. It's super awesome. It reminds me of friend of the show, Luke Harris Project, Domance Dawn, which is a remake of One Piece using Simpsons characters. Yes. So that is also an excellent series. Check out Domance Dawn. All right. So Jordan, is this the worst series we've read so far? I mean, it's bottom tier, but like, I don't know. I feel like Build King is still worse than this. I don't know. And it's not actively a manga for pedophiles. Yeah, it's also not as ra- not racist like Tokyo Shinobi Squad is. It's about the same level of quality. Yeah, I really was expecting the series to get racist. Oh, don't worry. It hates women, though. It's at still, least. yeah, it's very <laughs> sexist, but not racist. <laughs> at least there's that. <laughs> At least there's that. And at least we have our shout outs. So let's migrate over to that. So first of all, I want to say, Courtney, thank you so much for having us on your show and for you joining us today. Where can people listening find all the wonderful things you and Carl do? Yeah, absolutely. So we host, again, two podcasts, Strictly Anime and Strictly Jojo, which are part of the Strictly series of podcasts. Both of them are on all streaming services, including Spotify, Apple, Google. We have a Discord server. We're on Instagram at the Strictly series, on Twitter at Strictly series. And our website is thestrictlyseries.com. Yeah, check them out. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to say props to Jordan for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. Props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at animeoutofcontext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Thanks to T Root, Ozzy Rat, and T Wolfwood for being our awesome transcription volunteers. You can find them on our site as they become available. We are always looking for more volunteers and you get a lot of awesome perks like exclusive merch, early access episodes and of course my eternal gratitude for making this show more accessible to people you can find us on twitter at shonen flopcast and our website shonenflop.com we're also on spotify itunes youtube or wherever else you get your podcast and come join the shonen flop discord it's open to everyone patron or not come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind we also have a monthly movie night you can find a link to it in the show notes or on our site and jordan um what movie are we gonna be watching for movie night this month Oh, we're watching Halloween. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if you've been enjoying this podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support. You get a lot of awesome perks like exclusive content, including Jordan. What are our two awesome pieces of content we are dropping this month? Oh, man, we put together a Shonen Flop uh, fighting game. That was a lot of work, but that was a lot of fun. We're also going to look back. Look back. We're also going to look back at Witch Watch. Yeah. Which fucking is a lot better than this. Yes. And we talked about it, but man, it was uh, it was part of the reason we were so negative in this episode, besides the fact that this is just a bad series, is that we read it right after reading Witch Watch. Yeah. So, Courtney, Witch Watch is probably the closest thing to reading a manga that feels like an American sitcom. Very cool. I should look that. It is extremely good. 
it's interesting. It's the offer's third successful series, and you can tell this guy has been doing it for like 20 years. Yeah. And then along with that, you also get some really cool perks, like being able to listen into the episode prior to submitting questions and getting to help us decide what we cover next in our episodes. Yeah. By the way, uh, David, thank you so much for editing the episode uh, and putting things anytime together. Anytime for you, my friend. Yeah. Just being there for me, man. I also want to read out our wonderful patrons, starting with our Chainsaw Man. You remind me of my pinky toe. Sooner or later, I'm going to bang you on the table. And then yeah. our Dolphin Dad, T. Wolfwood. And then our King of the Forest, Albie, Cram, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Kevin Biggs, Marty, Rachel, my wonderful girlfriend. She had a great time at Oktoberfest yesterday. She's a little upset with me because we got into a fight because I told her she's not the tallest person I've ever met in my life. And that really upset her. Oh, <laughs> David, what the fuck? I didn't know that would upset her because she met my coworker <laughs> who is, I think, the tallest woman I've ever met where she is six foot three. Yeah, yeah. Wait, how tall is your girlfriend? She's less than five feet tall. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scarlett Mirmadin, T, the real Jory, Trevor Schechner. And then I also want to give a big thank you to our Galactic Ball Federation and Beast Children as well. Yeah. And uh, check out my Instagram, Jordan Forbes Art. I have a Wix site link there. Uh, you can click on that and it'll tell you that it is potentially dangerous. I swear to God, it's not. Please trust me and also give me all of your credit card information. But beyond that, that also has uh, basically all the paintings that I've done in a very long, possibly in my whole life, except for <laughs> some shitty ones that I don't want people to see. Oh, well, I think your art's great, buddy. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right. But all that's left to do now is to sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on uh, Sakuretsu Taiwahen. Sakuretsu Taiwahen. Sounds good to me. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Courtney. And you've been listening to Show and Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. 